0: Book rule for smarter thinking. 10 well-chosen books are usually enough to understand the expert consensus on any reasonable question you might have. Now at this point I can imagine the doctors and the lawyers and anyone with a PhD cringing at my exceedingly low bar for expertise. But let me unpack that above rule. First, the books have to be well chosen. Any 10 random books on a subject won't converge to the expert wisdom. Even 100 books won't if they're low quality. I'll define high quality a little bit more later, but it's an important caveat to remember. Second, understanding an expert consensus doesn't make you an expert. Understanding knowledge is a much lower bar than creating knowledge. It's also a lower bar than successfully applying knowledge to diverse domains. My argument isn't that 10 books would be enough to make you a cardiac surgeon, but that they would be enough to understand what most experts think is the right way to do a coronary bypass. Third, there must actually be an expert consensus on the question, or at least a few dominant viewpoints. You can't get an expert consensus if experts don't actually agree on the answer. Similarly, if the question hasn't been addressed because fields choose not to represent questions that way, well, then you might be out of luck. Finally, a reasonable question should be down to earth. The highest levels of a field can often formulate questions a novice wouldn't even think to ask. Understanding string theory or continental philosophy often requires much more extensive background to even ask reasonable questions. But why is the sky blue or what is existentialism are definitely answerable within 10 books. A question is reasonable when it is both something a layperson could readily formulate and a good answer exists. 10 books is a substantial threshold in terms of casual interest, it's much more than perusing a Wikipedia article or an essay. The books in question are not fun, easy to digest pop signs. Even at the reasonable pace of a book per week, that is about three months of work. But 10 books are considerably less than what it takes to become an expert in anything. If you want an answer to a reasonable question that meets the criteria that we just talked about, then you can probably get a satisfactory answer just by doing the work. So given the relatively low bar i claim is necessary to understand the expert consensus, then why don't more people do this? Well, the first difficulty people have with this approach is that you actually have to pick the right books. There are three kinds of books that tend to slow the path to understanding the expert consensus, and unfortunately, they are also the kind that tend to line bookstores and bestseller lists. First, there's the books with new ideas. Most ideas are age-old, even in supposedly cutting-edge fields. If a book is full of novelties, that's another way of saying it's full of things that have yet to be widely proven. Second, books with useful ideas. Pragmatism is a virtue, but don't confuse thinking about what's the right way to think about this issue with what are practical things I can actually do about it. Third, books with revolutionary ideas. Heterodox books that explicitly frame themselves as a paradigm change will often make it harder to understand the orthodox perspective. Now, this doesn't mean that those books aren't worth reading, just that they don't count for the 10 that you need to do to understand an expert consensus. Reading 10 self-help books or 10 books about the new science of X or even a controversial bestseller that shows why all the experts are wrong may be fun and interesting, but it will only slowly get you to the general picture experts have about a topic. What books should you read instead? Well, I would suggest three types of books to read. First, up-to-date textbooks. Textbooks are great because they are written to represent the expert consensus. So even authors that have strong, unusual opinions usually tend to try to present a balanced picture in their authored textbooks. Second, academic monographs. So a monograph tends to be more focused than a textbook. So while you might not get a general survey of the field, you'll also often get closer to the answer you seek in a particular book. If good monographs don't exist for the question that you have in mind, then review articles are also a good substitute. Third, canonical texts that the field cites as authoritative. Now, I don't usually start here because as a novice, identifying these texts and understanding their significance is often tricky without greater context. However, when a particular work is often cited in textbooks or monographs, I will try to use it to fill in my understanding. Now, my claim with the 10-book rule is that if you picked a well-posed question like how should I invest in the stock market or what's the best way to treat anxiety or how do batteries work, you'd get a good read on the expert consensus by reading these books. Why care about the expert consensus? So why should we care about what experts think anyways? Shouldn't we care about the truth, even if that means turning away from the opinions of a bunch of ivory tower academics? Well, I think there are good reasons why understanding the modal opinion of experts is still very useful, even if it falls short of knowing the truth. First, in healthy intellectual fields, expertise in X is pretty close to people who know a lot about X. Learning the expert consensus is therefore a reasonable estimate of the answer to the question, if I learned as much as an expert, what opinions would I likely form? The 10-book rule helps you come closer to this estimate. Second, discourse tends to be grounded in the consensus viewpoint. Therefore, it's impossible to properly understand an unusual viewpoint without understanding what it seeks to reject. Thus, even if you strongly suspect that experts of a particular stripe have the wrong mental model, you still need to learn the consensus ideas to understand the alternatives. And third, knowing the truth is problematic knowing the expert consensus is actually achievable. So without wading too far into epistemology, there are lots of well-known difficulties with acquiring reliable knowledge about the world. Practically speaking, every discipline has its own standard of evidence and methodological techniques. In contrast, figuring out what experts actually tend to think about things is achievable and doesn't fall into the same quandaries. Engaging in more research projects. So in keeping with the essays I've been writing, I think there are two broad ways to learn about the world building up from the basics, or learning for a specific goal. Both have merits, but after you have mastered the basics, the sheer volume of knowledge explodes, so it helps to ask more pointed questions. Self-conducted research isn't without its pitfalls. As I've mentioned before, a major reason people don't reach the expert consensus is that after 10 books, their goal wasn't well formulated. They picked the wrong books, or online sleuthing that led them further away into a bogus source of alternate accounts drowning out any reasonable interpretation. However, I think that these problems have less to do with critical thinking and more to do with motivated reasoning. If you genuinely want to know what experts think about a topic and are willing to read at least 10 books about it, I would wager that you'd be on target more often than not. All that's required is to put in the effort and actually want to know the answer. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.